Hey y'all, it's Carmen. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. You are tuning in for a series on four spiritual conditions, which we are talking about being dead in our sins and trespasses versus being made alive in Christ. And then the last couple weeks we've been talking about how a person's spiritual condition can be characterized as lost. And then the opposite of that is, of course, being found. So today, we're going to continue on in our main scripture for this series, which is Luke 15. And we've seen uh, Jesus tell the parable of the lost sheep and Jesus tell the parable of the lost coin. And today, we will look at the parable of the lost son, also more famously known as uh, the parable of the prodigal son. So, let's get started. Today, we will begin looking at this parable of the lost son. And as I have prepared uh, by studying this parable this week, it occurred to me that there is a lot here, almost too much to try and discuss within one week or one episode. So if it's okay with you, I'm going to break up this parable by looking at it in sections. Today, we will look at Luke 15, verses 11 through 19. And in the next couple weeks, we will continue on throughout this parable and look at those other sections. Before we do that, though, let me make the point here that Jesus has switched gears from the previous two parables. He's been talking about things, possessions, but now he switches gears and really try, I think, he's trying to bring it home to those who are listening to his audience, talking about actual people and how this idea of the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, how they had been muttering And saying in verse 1 of chapter, excuse me, verse 2 of chapter 15, they said, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And then Jesus goes into these parables. So we can recall that Jesus's audience is the religious leaders, like I just said, and the quote sinners. Jesus had been gathering with the quote sinners and the religious leaders thought that that was unclean. Of him to do as he claimed to be their Messiah. Jesus uses this parable to drive home to both groups of people the truth of what it means to be a son to God the Father. To make it clear that there is a place in the Father's house for both the righteous and the unrighteous. Both are his children and both have access to the inheritance of God's estate. Let's dive into this parable and see what other secondary truths we can take in. We will begin by reading the first part of this parable, verses 11 through 13. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. One could entitle this section, The Selfish Son. 
What was this son's greatest sin? It was his desire to be independent apart from his father's house, his father's presence, his father's oversight and authority, and his father's provision. Was this not the basis of the original sin of Adam and Eve? If so, for the prodigal son and the first humans, we can therefore conclude the same for you and I and every human we have close relationships with. Every sin can be traced back to the vein running through all of us, selfishness and pride. Interestingly, we will see this truth later on when we speak of the older son. This son was entitled, so much so that he said to his father, I want my share of your estate. This word estate means what one has, possessions, substance, or estate. This son did nothing to create his father's estate. He did nothing to add to it or to enhance it. And yet he concluded that it was his, solely based on his position as a son of the man. To start this parable, Jesus establishes two things. Number one, the son's identity and position. He was a son to a father who owned an estate. And number two, the son's selfish bent was present, overriding his position and overshadowing the benefits of being not a recipient of the estate's value, but being a resident in the valuable estate of his father. As stated earlier, every human has the same selfish bent. So that begs the question, am I really all that different from the prodigal son? The answer is no. Neither you nor I are any different than this son. And at some point in our lives, we have allowed our selfish flesh, its wants and desires, to be in control and to steer us away from Father God's presence. This is the setup to the goodness of the gospel. Selfishness in the way of sin will only take us farther away from the Father, a lot farther away than we would want to go. Verse 12, let me read it again. The younger one came to his father and said, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided it, his property between them. This son selfishly asked for his share of the estate, this gift, if you will, of his father's. What does the father do? He gives it willingly. He divides it between his two sons. Keep in mind that the older son receives his share as well, even though he stays with the father. We will speak more about the older son later on. Was the father motivated by love? I say yes. As the father here is representative of God and scripture tells us that God is love, then yes, the father is motivated by love. The father in this story was doing this gifting from a place of love for both of his sons. But did the father have an inkling of what his younger son would do next? Perhaps. Let's check it out. Verse 13 says, Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set out for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. The Bible does not tell us how long it took the son's need for independence to override his position at his father's house, but it does say it did not take long. 
Some translations say a few days, 72 hours perhaps. This son was consumed with a desire to be out from under his father's authority, so much so that he packed up everything that was his and what had been gifted to him, and he left. And where did he go? Where did his sin of selfishness take him? To a, quote, distant country. This is a place far off and remote from his father's house. So where does sin take us? Far off from our father's presence. This is the wandering that can happen when we allow sin to overtake us. What does the son do once he has gotten far off from his father? He uses his gifts from his father in sinful ways, in sinful living. He wasted it. That word wasted in the original language means to squander, strew, scatter. Basically, he was, excuse my loose language, slinging his gifts all willy-nilly with no regard for its value or who had given it to him. Wild and immoral living, prodigal living to be exact, extravagantly wasteful, one might say extravagantly foolish. Jesus further drives home this picture of how far sin has taken the son from his father by describing how far this son sunk in his own way of living. Once he had spent the inheritance, his father's provision, he was left to become a slave a bottom feeder, if you will, of the master he had come under, feeding the unclean pigs. And where were his desires now? To eat the pigs' food to satisfy his own hunger. Man, there's much spiritual application that can be made here. But I think to best make this spiritual point, a commentary I read will say it better than I can. Let me read this commentary for you. This is from Matthew Henry's Concise Commentary. A sinful state is of departure and distance from God. A sinful state is a spending state. Willful sinners misemploy their thoughts and the powers of their souls, misspend their time and all their opportunities. A sinful state is a wanting state. Sinners want necessaries for their souls. They have neither food nor raiment for them nor any provision for hereafter. A sinful state is a vile, slavish state. The business of the devil's servants is to make provision for the flesh, to fulfill the lust thereof, and that is no better than feeding swine. A sinful state is a state of constant discontent. The wealth of the world and the pleasures of the senses will not even satisfy our bodies. But what are they to precious souls? A sinful state is a state which cannot look for relief from any creature. In vain do we cry to the world and to the flesh. They have that which will poison a soul, but have nothing to give which will feed and nourish it. A sinful state is a state of death. A sinner is dead in trespasses and sins, destitute of spiritual life. A sinful state is a lost state. Souls that are separated from God, if his mercy prevent not, will soon be lost forever. The prodigal's wretched state only faintly shadows forth the awful ruin of man by sin. Yet how few are sensible of their own state and character.
The son, scripture says, finally came to his senses. The wanderer had come to realize that his way of doing things stunk. He finally figured out that his father was the remedy for his state of wanting and hunger. His eyes were open to where he had gotten himself, and motivated by the rumblings of his stomach, he got up, had nothing to pack up, and made his way back home. We cannot end today without pointing out that the son continued to make his own plans, even as he was in the process of humbling himself to get back to his father. He had forgotten he was a son and returning willingly to become a slave. Has the sin of selfishness taken you away from your father's presence? Have you squandered the gifts he has given you on prodigal living? If you have, take the step like the lost son and turn back to the father. Don't continue to sit in the pigsty, wishing your hungry soul be filled. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for this day. God, I thank you for this story, that there is real life application for us here. God, I pray that we would not continue on in our sin, satisfying the desires of our flesh, but God, that we would walk by your spirit, that we would stay within your presence, and that we would be honored by our identity as your son or as your daughter, the position that we have, the inheritance that we have, that we are co-heirs with Christ. God, would you help us to be content and confident in that. Help us to not be like this lost son. Help us to not think that our ways are better. Help us to not squander what you have given to us on prodigal living. I thank you for this time. And again, I ask for your help in this area because I am just as selfish as the son was. And I pray your help for my friends listening as well. God, I thank you that the good news of Jesus is that there is a remedy for selfishness. And that is called salvation. That is called forgiveness. And that is called grace. And it only comes through your son. So God, thank you. And I pray these prayers in his name. Amen. Thank goodness that is not the end of the story. The father's response is so good. And we will look at that section next week. The title of this parable could have a new name after we see how the father reacts. It could be called the parable of a good and faithful father as he welcomes his prodigal son home. I can't wait to dive in to that section next week. See you then. God bless. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. I hope that you have been encouraged by our time together. Friend, I want you to know that Jesus is so important to me. And I want to share with you that you can have a relationship with Jesus just like I have a relationship with Jesus. There are three easy steps to finding that relationship. Number one, admit that you are a sinner. Number two, believe on Jesus 
as the only one who can save you because he lived a perfect life. He died on a cross. He was buried in a tomb. And then three days later, he arose from the dead, victorious over sin and death. Believe that he did that for you. And then the third thing to do is to confess. Confess that Jesus Christ is your Savior. It's as easy as that. I want to encourage you, if you have not made that decision to follow Christ and go into a relationship with Him, will you do that today? Will you ask Jesus to come in and be a part of your life, to be the Lord and Savior of your life, to be in charge? If you have made that decision today, I would love to hear from you. Please email me at berealcarmen at gmail.com so that I can be encouraging you, praying for you, and sending you some resources to help in your new walk with Christ. Check out more Encouraging Gospel Center podcasts on the Kingdom Rock Podcast Network at kingdomrock.org. This is Carmen. Go be real. The world needs to see it.